Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, Title Premium, 15 gigabytes, mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash Unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercial plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums use rules and restrictions apply. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. Uh, what is it? The Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem says that the Red Giants offensive line, that their record should be one and one. That's the Pythagorean theorem says that the Giants offensive line, that their record should be two and all. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, and I'm going to be your solo host today here on the podcast, giving Kyle Krabs the day off. And uh, before I get into the show content today, I wanted to invite you to become a member of NDTScouting.com, where Kyle Krabs and my NFL Draft Guides for the 2018 Draft are available for $20. Uh, all you have to do is go to ndtscouting.com and uh, register, and you will then be able to download both of our draft guides. It's 600 combined scouting reports on these players that you're going to see drafted next Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, and uh, you will be well prepared. You will know everything you've ever wanted to know about these prospects, and you can follow along as you watch the draft and your team makes picks. You can see right away what Kyle and I think of those players, and hopefully they don't snatch up too many reaches, uh, but uh, that's the fun of it. And uh, you can also spend some time reading it in advance and, and getting super familiar with the class. So uh, we'd, we'd be honored for your consideration and encourage you to check out our uh, our work. Um, I have the 2018 NFL Draft Scouting Portfolio. Kyle has the 2018 NFL Draft Prospectus, and you can read more about those on ndtscouting.com. So highly encourage you to check those out and be ready for this 2018 NFL Draft. Uh, 
I've got the floor today to myself, so I wanted to spend some time getting into some more personal things in terms of who I think the sleepers are in this draft class. And I'm going to go position by position, offensively and defensively, and just pick one guy. And I know that I'm famous for kind of double dipping and, and coming up with a couple of different names uh, when I'm when I'm tasked with these types of situations. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do a nice job of limiting it, limiting it to just the one player that I think is the true sleeper. And you know I'm not gonna give you a guy that uh, is is super high consensus. You know I want to kind of get into the into the weeds here and talk about some guys that are really under the radar in my opinion and need some more love and guys that I think a team's going to draft sometime on day three and really get a guy that's going to be a, a contributor, a valuable piece of their team, uh, guys, guys that have the upside to start uh, or at a minimum just be really important sub-package players. But guys that you just feel like there's going to be good returns on the investments, you know, some of these guys that you see them get drafted and, and they're kind of niche guys and they can only do a few things well. And, and, you know, that lack of versatility, that lack of, of a well-rounded skill set, you know, winds up, these guys fade out. So these are some of my guys on day three that I think have a chance to really stick or have super high upside that are worth a risk uh, based on, you know, the fact that they're not a highly regarded prospect. So I'm going to start on defense every time we do this type of stuff. We always start on offense, so I'm going to break the mold here today and start defensively with the edge position where my sleeper is Joe Osman from Central Michigan, and he's a player, he's not the biggest guy, he's not the most athletic, but he's super refined with his technique, and he has a lot of power, Uh, he's effective against the run and pass, he was a combine snub, but he was still able to rack up 220 tackles, 45 and a half tackles for loss, 26 sacks, and 8 forced fumbles for his career, and what I like most about him is how how much of a high-variance pass rusher he is. He doesn't just win in one way. He knows how to win in multiple ways. And uh, he's got that really important ability to use his hands to really soften that rush angle at the top of the arc and power through and flatten and carry his hips around. He's not super fast or twitched up or bendy, but the fact that he can get that vertical push and he knows how to soften the top of the arc flatten and then find his way to the quarterback is really important. I love him as a run defender because he does so well to win with first contact. He keeps his pads low, and he's super committed to maintaining his run fits. Uh, So I just think he's a very complete player. He's just not very physically gifted, and uh, I think that he can hang his hat on power and technique, and I think he can find a role uh, on a a 4-3 defense with his hand in the dirt and do some stand-up stuff. Uh, Kicking inside to defensive tackle, Devonta Lampkin from Oklahoma. And it's kind of weird. I was looking over some of the guys I picked, and I've got a lot of big school guys, right, as sleepers. And, oh, wow, a defensive tackle from Oklahoma should be a bit more, you know, renowned. But uh, this guy only played in 18 games. He only started two, and he was a surprise early declaration to the NFL draft. But, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for him going into the film study. But the more I watched, I'm like, man, this guy's got some talent. He's huge. He's a big-bodied dude, uh, and he blends that size with power and quickness. And against the run, he's just really difficult to move. He's got a really stout anchor, and uh, he's got that straight-line quickness. So, like, he can quickly attack a gap, get a half-man relationship, and find himself on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Now, he doesn't have a lot of lateral mobility, but if he needs to go play forward, get off the ball, you know, play forward, he, he can do that. Um 
not much of a pass rusher in terms of a guy that's just going to hit a pass rush move and attack half a man and hit, a, you know, carry his hips through a gap. But you know, he's got a lot of lot of power when he gets at his body moving forward and and he can really push the pocket and really compromise the depth of the pocket. And you know, I think that gives him some upside on passing downs. And you know, he's got some off the field concerns, but I think there's some talent here. He um, he kind of reminds me stylistically of Marcel Darius. And, you know, when Marcel's on and, and how disruptive he can be um, and Lampkin, you know, you saw flashes of that type of ability, it, you know, in a very small sample size, it, he didn't play at a high percentage of the snaps, which is a concern. You know, that's that's something that you, you know, you got to find out why. But I think he's got a lot of talent. And I think if it all clicks, he's a guy, you know, later, round six, round seven, that a team could, could take and, and really get a guy that uh, has some upside to become a, a pretty disruptive player. He's just... We just need to learn more about him, why he, you know, why he didn't play more in college, and and see if he can tap into his his physical upside because I think he he brings a lot to the table. At linebacker, another big school guy, Dorian O'Daniel, linebacker from Clemson, and he was a pretty prominent piece of that Clemson defense over last year, and you know it's it's kind of surprising that he doesn't have a whole lot of buzz, uh, but I love that he played a lot of different positions in college. He even lined up in the slot. He he did strong side, weak side linebacker, um, and uh, he'd line up in man coverage, and he was asked to kind of navigate through traffic and make plays. And uh, I think if you're looking for a guy that really translates well to that pursuit style linebacker, guys that can can see and chase and cover ground and uh, close down distances, you know, he's that kind of guy. I love him in that weak side role where he can just kind of filter through traffic and, and use his burst and, and – takes really good angles to the football and, and really be a good pursuit style player. Um, you know, we got to find out if he can, if he can win uh, close to the line of scrimmage and have to, you know, work around, work through, play through contact against these, these trees, these offensive linemen that he's going to have to filter through. But if you give this guy space to just kind of, kind of work through and, and, and attack, I think he's got some, some upside and certainly he can cover ground and play in, in pass defense as well. So I think at a minimum, you've got a really solid sub package player, nickel linebacker guy that should be a productive special teams player. But I also think you have a chance to have a, an every down weak side linebacker. If he proves himself able to work through blocks at the NFL level, I'm going to move on to cornerback, keeping it in the ACC, Greg Stroman from Virginia tech. You guys have probably heard me talk about this guy a lot, and I've seen him a couple times live this year, and and uh, you know really got familiar with his skill set, and I think he can play. You know, I don't. He's not going to be your number one outside boundary corner that's going to lock up with Julio Jones, but you know I think that he's a versatile player that can win in zone, he can win in man, and he's an outstanding punt returner uh, that is going to give him a, a valuable, well-rounded skill set at the next level. Love that Bud Foster defense because they do so many different things. They're so multiple with their coverage. They're multiple what they do in front of it. And I think that's really important for these these guys moving into the next level, a guy that's played for four years there. And uh, he's going to be used to a lot of the things that he's going to be tasked with doing in the NFL. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but he, you know, he plays physical. He's willing to be disruptive in the contact window. 
he isn't e- easily bumped at the catch point or at the top of routes. And I love how he's, you know, he's very competitive, very feisty. He's a pretty good athlete, very fluid. You don't see a lot of tightness in his change of direction skills or when he's flipping his hips. But, you know, it's really the awareness. It's how well he anticipates route breaks. It's how well he understands coverage spacing. It's how well he uh, anticipates routes to his zones and really squeezes those throwing lanes and works into them. And uh, I just think he's very, very sound. Uh, you know, he's a guy, it's like it's like Desmond King. You know, last year, a guy that's just like his tape's really good, but physical traits are fairly modest, but you just know he's a super smart football player that's going to be able to do so many different things. You know, Greg Stroman's a guy I can see a team taking late fourth round, fifth round, and they're going to get a guy that's going to play a large percentage of the snaps on defense, and you know they'll be very happy with that investment. Uh, moving to the safety position, we'll keep it in the state of Virginia, and we'll talk about Dane, or excuse me, Arizona. Look at that. That was a little fumble right there. Arizona, Dane Krukshank, and uh, He's a good safety. Jonah Tolls at uh, NDT Scouting did a piece where he broke down Cruikshank and really outlined, you know, why his traits are fairly comparable to Minka Fitzpatrick, and that is a ton of praise because I think Minka is one of the top ten prospects in this draft. And uh, but you know, I think there's some there's reason to say that hey, from a traits perspective, there's there's some similarities here. They rival each other, and you know, you look at Cruikshank, he has great size, he has great athleticism. He's got good production across his final two seasons as a starter. And uh, his traits on film are really good. And I think that's kind of what you're looking for, right, in a prospect. Uh, kind of checking those boxes. And, um, you know, I think the big thing with, with Dane is that he's uh, – He's got some spacing issues in coverage where, you know, I think he's he leaves some space that he's responsible for vacated in zone. But, uh, you know, he's got the, the size and athleticism to really match up and mirror uh, bigger slots, the bigger tight ends that are going to be flexed out. He can be a guy that can neutralize those types of guy players. Really good ball skills. You know, when those 50-50 balls come his way, he's got a really natural ability to elevate and compete for the football. Um, and so, you know, I think he's got some – some processing stuff to work on in pass defense, but you know, I, I right away I think he can win in man if he can get that spacing ironed out. You know, he's a guy that can probably play in split zones and and even maybe even single high. Although his physicality is probably something I want to keep closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, and that's you know kind of moving on to him as a run defender and as a tackler. You know, he's got really outstanding contact power and balance. He filters through traffic really really well. He closes windows quick, and uh, he's got that tone setting type a mentality about the way that he hits and how aggressive he is as a tackle. And that's just something I love, you know, my defensive players. I don't like guys that are passive and, and give up opportunities to be physical. You know, you're not going to see Dane Grukshank, uh passing up opportunities to hit somebody, and that's something that's really important. Uh, and, you know, kind of being an imposing presence on defense. Um, so if he can get the, the processing miscues tightened up, you know, I think he's a guy that right away special teams, you know, He'll be a, he'll be an asset there, and then I think he has the upside to be a a versatile starter uh, fairly quick in his NFL career. Let's get on to the offensive side of the football here, and uh, let's get to quarterback. And you know I'd love to talk about Kyle Aletta, the guy from Richmond, but I don't know if he's much of a sleeper anymore. I think everyone kind of likes him and thinks that he could be a potentially a day two guy. So let's get a little deeper into this class. Let's talk about Chase Litton from Marshall. And uh, he's a fun player on tape. You know, he's got some warts. You know, he's not perfect. He's not a guy that I think is going to be a day one starter. But uh, you love his frame. He's got the arm strength to, to, to make any throw in the NFL. 
and he's a pretty rhythmic passer, and, and I really like how he complements that with an ability to work outside the pocket and hit throws off platform and on the run. And uh, he's got that willingness to test man coverage and, and really give his guys a chance to make plays on the ball. You know, I think we we see so many college quarterbacks that are one-read guys, guys that will just kind of – uh, you know, wait for their their guys to establish themselves as open. But you know, in the NFL, that's really different. And Chase Litton's a guy that'll identify leverage advantages with his targets and give him a chance to go make a play on the ball. And I think that's something you have to do in the NFL. And it's something that he's already shown willing to do. You know, he's got some mechanical issues. He doesn't stay on top of the football really well, and that ball will sail on him from time to time. So you want to see that get tightened up a little bit. And you know, I think he's a a guy, like I mentioned, he, he's willing to test that man coverage, but I want to see him be more of a con- consistent processor in terms of reading the field, surveying, finding and anticipating some of those passing windows and just being a little bit more consistent with not making bad decisions. You know, he's a guy that will force it a bit. Uh, so you want to see him be a little bit more consistent with his processing and surveying. But um, you know, he's a three-year starter in college, and he's got a strong foundation of traits, guy that can be a number two quarterback and maybe even push for a starting job in time. But, um, you know, when I talked about quarterbacks and how, you know, if they're not really a guy that you ever think can start, then they get pushed way down the board. So, you know, he does get pushed way down the board, but he's at the top of that tier, you know, for me. The guys, the Kurt Bankerts and the Mike Whites and the Luke Folks and, you know, these these lower-tier quarterbacks in this class, the guys outside of the big, you know, six guys that we talk about all the time. Um, you know, this is this is the guy that's in that second tier that I like the most. Uh, at wide receiver, I like Cedric Wilson from Boise State. He's the guy that played quarterback in high school, and then he went to community college for a couple of seasons before coming to uh, Boise State, and then he really tear, teared it up in college, man. At Boise State, he had 139 receptions, 2,640 yards, and 18 touchdowns, averaging nearly 19 yards a catch across two seasons. I mean, really good production. And, you know, I like his play speed. I like his route running nuance, especially for a guy that's fairly uh, new to playing wide receiver. His hands are good. He, he can win after the catch, and uh, he can win inside, outside. I just think he does everything really well and uh and you know it's really important to kind of check all those boxes you know runs good routes catches the football wins inside and outside can create after the catch vertical tracking skills i mean he does it all i really appreciate probably the most about him how well he tracks and adjusts to the football he'll extend his arms in any direction and, and hole in passes and that's something i really love about dj Moore from maryland as well you know he doesn't require perfectly accurate throws these guys can extend and even make late adjustments and and get themselves in position to make plays on the football. And that's something I think you see from Cedric Wilson, you know, a guy that third, fourth, fifth round, something like that. You know, I think he's a guy that's going to pay some returns on, a, on an investment on him. At tight end, this is probably one of my favorite sleepers altogether. Uh, Tyler Conklin, Central Michigan. Uh, it's two Central Michigan guys so I've had in my sleeper class, but uh, hey, I like him. Uh, this is uh, a player that he went out of high school to Division two school uh, to play basketball, and he only lasted a semester there before walking on to Central Michigan and becoming a tight end, and now he's on the NFL's radar. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's just you look at the tape and you can see why. Uh, he's he's a guy that does well to get a good release into his routes, and he's a guy that can work the seam and uh, knows how to find that space and zone coverage and has enough burst out of his breaks to separate against man. And, you know, the, the basketball background really shows up uh, when he's tasked with, you know, positioning his frame at the catch point, you know, 
boxing out and becoming that rebounder and going and getting the football. So you love that he can win at the catch point, but also create that separation to, to make catches in stride. Um, it's surprising how good of a blocker he is. You know, he's a player that I'm comfortable saying that he's, he can line up in line and hit blocks right away. He connects with guys in space. And so, you know, now we're talking about a guy that can, can create separation, win at the catch point, block in line, block on the move. I mean, that's what you need a tight end to do. And you get that from Tyler Conklin. And, you know, he's not regarded like, you know, we do Hayden Hurst and Dallas Godert and Mike Gusecki and Mark Andrews. But, you know, that next tier, that next tier guy, a guy that has a more balanced skill set than a lot of the players I just mentioned, you know, I think that somebody's going to get Tyler Conklin and be really happy about the player they have in him. Uh, let's go to running back here. Uh, Naheem Hines, North Carolina State. I did four uh, live NC State games this year, so I'm really familiar with Hines and really familiar with what people around him think about him, and they rave. Uh, head coach De- uh, Dave Doran there, he called him an elite competitor. And uh, you get a chance to talk with Naheem Hines. You see a passionate dude, man, a guy that just – he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's a guy with a track background, but, you know, he doesn't – he doesn't want anyone to talk about that. He's a football player through and through, and he loves being physical and, and challenging guys, not not just with that speed, that 4-3 speed that he has, but with the willingness to be physical with him as well, and he'll tell you about that. Uh, love all the roles that he can do. He's such a multi-purpose player. Um, NC State does a lot of inside-outside zone running plays, and so – his ability to find space and anticipate those creases is something we've already seen in college that'll serve him well going to the next level. Um, he's obviously super elusive, you know, exceptional burst, exceptional agility. He's explosive through gaps and he can break angles. He's got four, three speed. You know, it's hard to get a good read on him and, and square him up if he's got a step. And, and so he's going to break, break angles. And you know, he's got that, that juice and that wiggle to guy make guys miss. You know, the, everyone re- remembers the play where he did like two or three spin moves in a row and, and just kept going. And so, you know, he's, he's a pretty dynamic dude in space, uh, really good kick and, and punt returner. He's a really good pass protector. It's kind of something that surprised me on film. It's just how well he was willing to square up guys and, and absorb contact and, and really anticipate where he needs to be in pass pro. So that's going to help him stay on the field in third down. What's also surprising is that he's a little bit underdeveloped as a receiver. You know, he's got every trait needed to be a separator, but, um, you know, he doesn't necessarily run great routes and he struggles. You know, he'll he'll mishandle the ball when it's thrown to him from time to time. So, you know, he needs to show some growth in that area. But, you know, I think immediately this is a guy that can factor into the backfield rotation, be the premier return guy, and be a player that, you know, in time is going to demand 10, 15 touches a game uh, from scrimmage and really kind of be a productive player. So love what he can do as a complimentary piece uh, in the backfield. Uh, let's let's close things up here with the offensive line, and we'll keep it with NC State. Tony Adams, guard there. Um, another guy that wasn't invited to the combine, and I really don't have any answers for you why, because if you watch him on tape, he absolutely deserved to be there. He started 48 games in the ACC. Um, and uh, he was a second-team all-conference, ACC, is junior and senior, uh, but couldn't get to the combine. But there were some really bad guards that were there, so I don't I have nothing for you there. 
Uh, love that uh, you know he's already accustomed to doing the, the zone stuff, just kind of like what I mentioned with Naheem Hines. You know, he's a guy that's familiar with being tasked with reach blocking and sealing those linebackers on the second level and being a workup blocker and uh, having that mental processing to know where he needs to be to make those make the space happen in zone. And so he does that surprisingly well, but he's also a guy that can handle power stacked on top of him and be a successful drive blocker that can move defensive linemen out of their gaps. So you know, I love that versatility. You know, a guy that's scheme transcendent. If I need a guy that can work in, in zone blocking or man power, uh, I got him. I got him in Tony Adams, and he's got 48 games of experience under his belt in the ACC. Um, as a pass blocker, he's super balanced, which is super important, right, when you're talking about guys that need to stay square to twitched up defensive tackles. You know, Adams is a guy that keeps his body under control and does well to stay centered. Uh, really good anchor. You know, he's not a guy that's going to give ground and, and – and get walked back into the quarterback's lap. So um, he just kind of checks all the boxes, you know. He's not super uh, impressive physically. You know, he's barely over 300 pounds, kind of short, a little under 6'2". But his technique and his power, you know, is something that – and his scheme uh, versatility is are all things that make him very appealing to me and a guy that I think has a chance to be a starter, um, even though he wasn't invited to the combine. And, uh, um, you know, he'll be that utility guy right away and, and be a versatile interior backup of certainly a guy that I think has starting ability at the next level. So uh, there it is, guys. I, I worked through every position, told you about my sleepers, and uh, um, let me know what you think. Connect with me. Say, hey, Joe, this is my sleeper at these positions, or hey, I, I don't know why you think that guy's good at all. He shouldn't get drafted. Hit me up on Twitter, at the Joe Marino. Hit that follow button. And uh, we can we can talk football. I love doing that. I love interacting with with everybody, man. This is this is what I do. I love talking ball. So do it with me on Twitter at the Joe Marino. Also hit that subscribe button. You know we are getting close to this NFL draft, and uh, we're going to carry you right through it. But you know we're not going to stop. In May we're going to start talking about. Uh, you know, looking back on this draft class and projecting certain roles and scheme fits and, you know, grading your team's class. But, you know, we're going to get into the 2019 NFL draft class. We don't we don't rest. This is what we do. This is what we love. And, and so stick with us. You know, we're not going away. So uh, hit that subscribe button. And, uh, you know, if you if you are late to start starting to listen to the Draft Dudes podcast, you know, you start to listen January, February, March. You know, we do this thing all year. And, and that's what I think really separates us um, – from a lot of others uh, that uh, not not necessarily podcast guys, but you know people that do the NFL draft, they, it's it's a three month thing for them: January, February, March, April, four months, something like that. You know, we do this thing year round, and, and it gives us such a strong foundation for talking about these players all year. And by the time the draft comes, I mean we've uncovered every layer, we've seen all the tape, we're really familiar with these guys. So um, keep it right here and, and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast medium you like listening to the Draft Dudes podcast on. We'll be back again for you. Um, probably on Thursday this week. Our, our days are a little bit off. Uh, we've got a lot of work to do as we're uh, getting ready for our live broadcast with FanRag Sports. Kyle and I heading to Arizona to give you a live broadcast of this NFL draft. So if you stuck with us throughout the course of this entire process, we are going to finish the race with you on draft day and give you that live analysis as the picks unfold. So uh, you know, make sure you're following Kyle as well, NDT Scouting on Twitter, and um, talk with him as well. You know, poke the bear. Kyle likes uh likes to have a little uh some controversial interactions, so don't be afraid to call him out on some stuff. But uh, we'll be back again for you in a couple of days. Thanks so much for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. 
You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.